John chapter 3, verse number 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus, God robed in flesh, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to talk to you a little bit again about being born again. Will you lift your hands one more time and ask the Lord to open your understanding. Father, I want to understand your word. Father, I pray that you will give us a divine understanding. Let us, God, I pray that you will open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I pray for every saint of God in this place that you will equip us, O oh Lord, to be able ministers of your gospel, that we will be able, oh God, to speak your word and your truth. Equip us to do so. I pray, God, that you'll open every eye to understand what you meant when you said you must be born again. I thank you, God, for what you are doing and what you're going to do. I pray, God, that you would remove every every blindness, every, every unbelief. We bind it and command it to leave in the name of the Lord Jesus. But we loose the Word of God to operate right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Whew. Now I'm just going to be honest with you, which I guess is a, a good statement coming from the preacher. Why do we say that? I'll just be honest with you. I don't know if I got a little bit of bronchitis or what, but I'm about out of wind. So you're not going. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be very boisterous here because I'm afraid I'm going to fall over. From, uh, I don't feel like it right now, but uh, I did a few minutes ago. So pray for the preacher. Uh, but I want to communicate today. So Jesus is there by night. The rabbi Nicodemus comes to him, and uh, Jesus starts to talk to him. We we began this last week and. Uh, we'll just try to follow the Holy Ghost today. He said, you must be born again. Just elbow somebody here. Don't hurt them, but just elbow them, look at them and say, Jesus said, you must be born again. Period. That's what Jesus said. We can't get around it. That's what Jesus said. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus was confused. He said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And uh, a couple verses later, Jesus, he, he, he looks at him and he says, aren't you a ruler? Aren't you a teacher of the Jews and you don't understand this? This is, this is the best you can do, man. That, that you got to be, are you going to enter into your mother's womb and be born again? Is this the best you got? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water, of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So he goes on, he says, uh, You got to be born again, and then he clarifies it. Now, I, I understand that there is uh, a lot of, of, uh, of messages, a lot of voices that say you must be born again. Uh, but don't give any explanation as to what it means to be born again. And without some explanation, you are either, you and I, are either going to make up our own idea, or we're going to follow somebody else's idea, 
Or we could look and see what does the Bible say. I want to do what does the Bible say. And so Jesus said, he didn't just say you got to be born again. He said you've got to be born of water and the Spirit if you want to get into the kingdom of God. He said that's the way you get in the kingdom. And I, I'm going to go quickly because we talked about this last week. Uh, we, we talked about you, if you're going to get in the kingdom. He said, uh, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of God. And here I am two Sundays in a row and no keys uh, as a visual. So... Uh, but he said, Peter, you, you have the keys. You, if, if anybody's going to get in the kingdom, they're going to listen to what you have to say. I'm giving you the key. And then on the day of Pentecost, in fact, can we throw Acts chapter 1, uh, verse number 1 up there? Uh, it says, I'm sorry, not 1-1, one, 2-1, one, one, excuse me. Here's the, the media department trying to be helpful, and I'm throwing them the wrong verses. And, uh, there we go. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as as of a rushing mighty wind. And it sat upon and filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This is the birthday of the church. And as they, they began to speak with other tongues, and they, uh, uh, this, this prayer meeting that turned into a powerful move of God, uh, it attracted some questions. And that's what I'm talking about today, is frequently asked questions of being born again. And so it attracted some questions. And so, uh, because I, I'm going to tell you, somebody asked me today, uh, Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew was in our, in our new converts class, discipleship class. And I always want to answer questions more than I just want to teach a Bible study. And so Brother Andrew made a mistake and he asked a question. He said, can you tell me in about 60 seconds or 90 seconds? And, and I knew the answer was no right then. Uh, you know, the first time that I, w- that I was ever in uh, an apostolic church, I left there with some questions. I, you, any first generation folks in here can nod your head with me. There you go, Brother Emmanuel back there. Yeah, yeah, Sister Teresa. I had some questions because it was Christmas time. It was, was it on Christmas Eve? I don't remember if it was Christmas Eve or if it was the 23rd. I had this Christmas cantata and... Uh, if you've ever been in a Christmas cantata, you know, I don't know why we can't sing with the lights up during Christmas cantata. They've got to be dim, you know. And, and, uh, and, and I don't know why you can't sing jingle bells in a Christmas cantata. It's got to be something slow, right? And so I don't know what, what Brother James David was singing. It might have been Beulah Land. Anybody know what Beulah Land is? Oh, yeah. Something, something like that, slow. And, and, uh, and, and I, I and my date... Uh, she's over there. Uh, we we were sitting, I think, on this about this third row right here, at where, right where you are, Brother Eric, and and uh, and Sister Lively was sitting behind us. Now she was aptly named because somewhere in in the middle of Beulah Land, with the lights down and everything kind of subdued, 
something came on Sister Lively. And, and, and you, could, you could hear, and that's about how I felt too whenever I heard that. <laughs> and so, now kids don't hold hands in church. I was, and she probably hurt. <laughs> I had some questions about Pentecost. And uh, the same way that they did on the day of Pentecost. It says in verse number 6, When this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because that they, every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and they, they, they said, These are local folks. Why, why are we hearing them speak in our own native language? And verse number 12, so that was a question. How is it that we hear this? And verse number 12, it says, Some were amazed and some were in doubt, saying, what meaneth this? And others were mocking and saying, these folks are drunk. That's what's going on. I mean, they're on a bender, Brother Pat. It's 9 a.m. These folks are drunk here at the temple at 9 a.m. But Peter, somebody say Peter. The man with the keys, standing up with the eleven, lifted his voice, and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these men are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I, I, I just need to take a little aside for a moment and say, this is that. What we felt here today is that. What that sensation that you can't explain. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. If you need joy in your life, this is that. If you need deliverance from depression in your life, this is that. If you need deliverance from anxiety in your life, this is that. If you've got anger issues, this is that. This is what we are looking for. Oh, mighty God, there, there is inside a finite man, there is an infinite space that can only be filled by an infinite God. Only God could do that. And every individual amongst us, we are hungry for something that is beyond ourselves. This is that. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's His presence that we cannot explain, but we enjoy being in the presence of the Most High God. Clap your hands unto the Lord if you really believe this is that. I, I can't get this out of my spirit. This is that. This is not emotionalism. This is not hype. This is that. I am hungry. I want to talk to you, church, for a minute. I am hungry for a genuine move of God. I am hungry for, for us as the people of God to be so yielded to Him that He can do in us and through us and among us whatever He needs to do without us having to adjust our mindset first. Ooh. I want... A, man. I want us to be so yielded to God 
that it's the Holy Ghost that, and, and we don't have to get hyped up in our emotions by the right song being sung. I don't need the service leader to get up and encourage me. I don't need any of that. I'm just so yielded to God that He can do whatever He needs to do through me. I don't have to cut a jig to do it. Sister so-and-so doesn't have to get on her war hoop to do it. It doesn't have to be the right selection. Brother Pat, it's, it's just God that does it. We're so... Man, we're a long way from being... Uh, FAQs of born again but I got to tell you we are so addicted to hype in the New Testament church it's ridiculous we need to be able to touch God without a choir we need to be able to touch God without a keyboard we need to be able to I want God to be able to fill people with the Holy Ghost in their living room I want you to be able to pray people through the Holy Ghost in their living room, in their kitchen, in, on their back porch over coffee. I want you to be able to be yielded to the presence of God so He can do it without me being emotional. Acts chapter 19, Paul is going down the road to, uh, I don't know where he was, he was in Ephesus, I guess. He comes along with some disciples of John the Baptist. We talked about him last week. They had been baptized by John the Baptist. Paul has a conversation with them, and Paul says, uh, how were you baptized? And they said, well, John the Baptist baptized us. And Paul said, well, you know what? Paul, Paul says, uh, John preached about and told you to look for one that would come after him. That you should believe on one that would come after John. That is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard that, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So, so I want you to just kind of picture this. I don't, I don't remember the context. I don't know if Paul had a traveling companion at that time. But just picture Paul's walking down the road. Brother... brother uh, 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 Brother Lanham, Paul's walking down the road and he runs into some guys. And Paul, he's always, he's always ready to talk about Jesus. He says, hey guys, how are you? What y'all doing? What, who are you? Oh, we're John the Baptist disciples. How were you to baptize? Oh, John baptizes. Oh, well, you know what? John preached about Jesus. You know, he did. And they all got baptized in Jesus. Now, just picture this. Just picture yourself out here. Uh, you know, you're, you're walking down Paint Creek Road or something, running into some folks. It's got to be somewhere where it's in water. And so they, they, they get baptized. Just Paul and seven or eight guys. And then it says, and then Paul laid his hands on them. And the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Tell me where's the hype. Tell me where's the emotionalism. There wasn't any. These guys got baptized. They are thankful that their sins were remitted. They've got a pure heart and a pure conscience. And Paul says, receive the Holy Ghost. And these guys just begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives it. That's where God wants to take this church. I love to rejoice. I love to celebrate the goodness of God. And it's the will of God for us to do so. But it does not take emotionalism for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. It doesn't take emotionalism for somebody to make a decision. You know what? I should probably change my life and live for God. How many of you, uh, how many of you repented of your sins, which just means you wanted to make a turnaround and live for God, and you came to an alt, uh, at what we call an altar and prayed? How many of you did that? 
many of you did? Okay. Now, I got a question. I, oh, I got two questions for you. Then I got a revelation. Maybe I only have one question. My first question for you is, where did you repent? If it happened, oh, that's a good answer. If, if you came to an altar and prayed because the preacher said you need to repent, I got news for you. You didn't repent at an altar. You repented before you got up. Or maybe you repented at home, somebody said, that I need to get my life right, and you came to church because you wanted to get your life right. Okay? You repent. I feel the presence of God here real strong. You can repent because repentance is a decision. God extends you an open door. Three times the Bible talks about the gift of repentance. God extends you a gift. You have the opportunity today to change your mind and change your life through the power of God. Make a decision. And when you make the decision, whether it was in your living room or whether it was on the seventh row, you didn't make that decision when you got to the front. You already made the decision. And I, I want to tell some folks this too. If we are going to require that if somebody repents, they got to cry. I'm going to tell you, I made a cognitive decision by the help of God. He opened a door of repentance to me. And I made a decision. I think this living for God thing is the way to go. And I did come to an altar. And I did bow my knee. And I did pray. But I didn't shed a tear. But whenever I got up from that altar, Brother Pat... I felt like I was walking on clouds. I felt like I was floating. Because when you repent, that weight of guilt comes off. I'm, I'm telling you, there's something that happens when you sincerely say, God, I give myself to you. God, I'm asking that you'll forgive me of every sin that I have committed. I'm asking you, God, that you will help me not to do it anymore. I'm asking you, God, that you will help me to serve you and honor you with my life. When you finish with that prayer, something's going to feel different in your life. And you don't have to cry and you don't have to snot. Did I say snot in the microphone? I did. <coughs> Y'all have all did it. But something happens. And it doesn't have to be emotionalism. And so I want to prepare you as you are. You know what? We're going to get to a place. I, I'm, I'm far off. I know. Y'all just, just elbow somebody and make sure they're still awake. We're going to get to a place, Brother, Pat, Brother Matt. This building will not hold what God wants to do. We've got a building in Montgomery. It's not going to hold what God wants to do. It's not... And so you better get used to right now thinking about how am I going to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost in their living room? How am I going to lead somebody to repentance on their porch while I'm drinking coffee? Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory. Because it's going to have to happen outside these walls. And we cannot be dependent on the music team. We can't be dependent on the preacher to pump us up. We've got to... 
Oh God, help us. We're going to have to depend on the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us. That day has come, Brother Pat, where we are going to have to depend on God. Well, I guess I'm going to have to tell you what I told the leadership team this morning. I don't want to have the best church service that the flesh can produce. I don't want to have the best revival that the flesh can produce. Because every, every individual that we twist their arm and try to talk them into living for God, we try to convince them into living. Oh, come on, it's the best thing for you, man. You need to, uh, you know, Grandma would be real proud of you if you would live for... I mean, you can, you can twist on people's emotions that way. But you're winning them through the flesh. And Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit, that's Spirit. And so, we don't want what the flesh can produce. It can only produce more flesh. But it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. What you felt in here just 20 or 30 minutes ago, it wasn't flesh, it wasn't hype, it was the presence of God that came in amongst us. I wish you'd lift your hands right now. I want us to pray for a moment. God, I'm asking you to baptize us with a new faith. I don't want to have faith in music. I don't want to even have faith in my church. I want to have faith in the power that you put on the inside of me. Because this is that. What I've got is that. Let's just stand to our feet right now. Let's stand to our feet right now. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. I want you to stand right now. Father, oh God, I want, I want this. I desire this. Oh God, I desire this. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Don't stop praying. Just listen while you pray. If you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you can multitask. Acts 1 and 8. The Holy Ghost. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. And Peter said, this is that. There is a whole gamut of folks in this room today. There, there, are, there, are, there are preachers that probably could stand up here and could have preached this message better than I am. And there's folks that maybe this is the first time you've... There was a day, it was the first time I ever walked in a church. So we're all between somewhere there. But this is my plea, this is my invitation to you today. That is, if you are hungry for what I'm talking about, whether it's you want to be empowered to teach Bible studies, or you just need help making it through the day, I'm telling you, when you receive the Holy Ghost, it's power. This is that. If you want God to be... If you want God to anoint you so that when you witness to your friend, they feel what you're talking about and not just hear what you're talking about, I'm inviting you to come to the front today to say, God, I need more of this. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence in speaking with other tongues, I'm inviting you to come to the front because you want more of this. Maybe, you, maybe you're a preacher. Every preacher ought to be here in this altar today saying, God, I want more of this. Every saint of God that wants to be you, 
used in the kingdom of God ought to be in this altar today saying, God, I want more of this.